0: Uh, just disclaimer, my day began at around 5 a.m. with a puppy something explosion in her crate, a little tired, preaching when you're up at 5 a.m. to a puppy explosion. It's a bit like running with a wet blanket on, so my brain feels like it's operating under gauze right now. So your grace will be appreciated. If you have a Bible with you, um, we will be in Exodus chapter 20. But as, as we're going, uh, we're in a series in Exodus right now, and we're in the uh, towards the tail end of the Ten Commandments. Um, when we are looking at the Ten Commandments, you know, we, we do kind of skip throughout uh, the Bible. And so you might find it kind of difficult to, uh, to flip and keep up unless you're one of those people where I could be like, Micah 2, verse 15, and you're like, I'm there. You know? <laughs> like, if you have that level of skills, that's great. Uh, if not, then if you're an ordinary human, you can uh, find the text on the screen. If you uh, would like to shift seats to see the screen better, if you're concerned about not being able to follow the, the sermon, you may, uh, you're may. you not going to bother me. You can, you can change your seat. Um, now, for some of us, you know, the, the Ten Commandments, you might have a mixed relationship with it. Uh, If you were kind of taught that the Ten Commandments are ten things you need to do well enough to audition, audition for eternal life and God's love, that's not what the Ten Commandments are. Okay, the Ten Commandments are not ten things we do well enough to make God love us and give us eternal life. That's not if Jesus dying on the cross and redeeming us is how we are saved. Period and end of story. We don't add to it with our performance. the The Ten Commandments are God's loving, fatherly guidance on how to be a mensch. You guys know the word mensch? If you don't, you need to. Yiddish is important in your life. Okay? A mensch is a person of substance. A mensch is someone that you can rely on. and We might say a stand-up gal or a stand-up guy. That's a mensch. Now, I don't know anybody that's trying to be out here being a bad person right? We all want to be a mensch. We want to be someone that someone else can go to. We want to be a life-giving presence in our community. How do we do that? How do we live lives of love? Well, God's guidance is found in the Ten Commandments. And today, uh, Exodus 20, verse 16 is no exception. Uh, Here's our text. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Please pray with me before we begin. God, I pray that you you would shape us through your word, that we would not be afraid of conviction where it comes, and that we would hear your encouragement to take further steps towards freedom and health and flourishing. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I sometimes ride my bicycle around Denver. And for those of you who ride bicycles around Denver for transportation reasons, especially in traffic, you know that you change. You change when you ride a bike. You become a different person. When I drive, I am very calm, detached. I drive like an automated car. I'm as patient as can be. But when I ride a bicycle, I become like a hunted feral animal with sharp (laughs) claws and teeth. I'm like a honey badger. Okay. Because people, everyone's out to get you when you're on your bike. And so my, my ordinary observance of laws, rules, decorum, that sort of thing, commitments to nonviolence, that's all out the window when I'm riding a bike. You're, you're hunted, right? Anything goes. And so one time I was leaving a Rockies game and it was nighttime. I was on my bike. I lived close enough to the park where it's much more convenient just to park your bike there instead of having to deal with, with, you know, car parking downtown. And I did what I always do. I saw a red light. No one was coming on a one-way. I went right through the light. Like didn't slow down. Just right through. And then there was traffic at the next one, so I stopped at the red light. Up next to me pulls a cop car. I just <laughs> I can't whistle. Couldn't. I don't know. That's uh. That's something you didn't know about me, so I can't whistle. And uh, I was just minding my business, pretending like nothing. I've got nothing to hide, but I see that window come down. It's like, uh-oh. And then I hear that voice. He says, son, you know you can't do that. Now, I know my Bible. I, I have a master's of divinity, Okay. Right, like I live my life in the in, before the face of God with the fear of God in my heart always. I'm a pastor. I'm teaching you right now about the ninth commandment, and so I lied, <laughs> and I said, I said I can't do what, officer. <laughs> I'm playing, playing just total, total. High, what? Who? Me? And he said, and he knows I knew, and I knew that he knew that I. No, and so he says, "You blew right through that red light." I said, "Did I really?" I'm not saying I didn't. I mean, you saw me, but oh, gosh, I didn't even realize I did it. That's also a lie. I, I meant to do it. I knew I did it, and now I'm just lying through my teeth to an officer of the law. And uh, and so then he says, "I said, I said, is that is that is that not okay?" He said. He said, they took a vote on it last ballot. You can't do that. I said, did they really? Also a lie. I knew very well what had passed on the previous ballot because I was annoyed by it. <laughs> and so I went for one final lie in an audacious attempt to get my way out of a ticket. I I tried to convince him that his job was all done here. So I just said, Thank you so much for telling the officer, I won't do it again. Also a lie. As soon as he was out of sight, I was going to do it again. And I just went and Jedi mind trick on him. I went, uh, that's all for tonight, ta-ta. And I wrote off, right? And, and it, it, it worked. Um, and I ran, I went right through the next light once he was out of sight. Why did I lie? You might lie in the same situation. But I chose to deliberately not tell the truth and deceive my way out of that situation. Why does anyone lie? I lied for the same reason that you lie. It's safer. At least we think it is. We think that uh, uh, one of the reasons we lie is, is to protect ourselves from consequences, right? Like, like in that situation. And sometimes when there's a danger of being caught and consequences are going to come your way as a result of it, you try and lie your way out of the consequences. But there's other reasons as well. It might be to protect our own reputation. Certain things that we just don't want people to know, and so we will, we will not tell the truth about it. Also... We can sometimes lie to enhance people's perceptions of us on our resumes. Maybe. (laughs) Maybe we exaggerate, embellish a little bit about our accomplishments. You know, why? To increase our chance of getting the job, to increase people's admiration and respect of us, even falsely. In every case, we, we lie as a way to manipulate circumstances, to control what happens to us, to con- c- control how people perceive us. And the truth, telling the truth is actually an act of trust and vulnerability, isn't it? You know what's funny, though? Because all of us do this, all right? I, you lie, I lie, we all lie. Not excusing it, just saying it is absolutely universal. All of us hate being deceived, don't we? <laughs> we all lie, and we all get mad when we're lied to. Like, what kind of sense does that make? Because lying, when, when, when you find out that you've been lied to, what happens? What happens to your trust for, you know, a politician that gets caught in a lie? Either people go into la-la land, that, you know, and, and, oh, that's all... Slander! My politician's slandered. That's all. They're all lying, right? You go into like self-deception land or your trust is destroyed for that person or that institution. I mean, there's been no shortage of news stories about churches that have lied to cover up things that they, to protect their own reputation, right? And what happens, what has happened to the, whether it's the Catholic church or whatever church Uh, What's happened to people's level of trust in the church? When you find out that a friend or your spouse or someone close to you has been lying to you about something, what does that do to the relationship between you? It makes it unsafe, doesn't it? Uh, Truth and lies is, is not a little thing. It actually goes really deep the scriptures tell us that satan is the father of lies well if we if we know our bibles at all we know that the the way that our first parents fell what caused the fall of humanity was that our first parents believed what a lie the serpent in the garden telling them god just wants to keep good things from you you're not going to die if you eat the, the the fruit from the tree he said not to Faced with a choice between believing God and believing a lie, our first parents chose to trust the lie instead. It's much, much deeper than a little fib. When we're faced with a choice between truth and lies, it's choosing a side. right? It's saying, are we going to be on the side of truth or the side of untruth, of deception? so hard not to (laughs) because we feel this need to protect ourselves right like we we've all used untruth to insulate ourselves from consequences or or to help us get the things that we perceive that we need or whatever we can trust the truth you know why because jesus is the truth in john 1837 Jesus says this he says uh he he says Jesus answered you say I am a king in fact the reason I was born and came into the world is to testify to the truth everyone on the side of the truth listens to me right so there is team Jesus the truth and there is the father of lies when we, the, the, the ninth commandment is much deeper than telling fibs, right? It's saying, where's your allegiance? Now, with every commandment, we have talked about each commandment like using the image of a dartboard, okay? Here's the dartboard. Um, now, the Ten Commandments, with, with one or two exceptions, tell us where the wall is. Now, when, when, when you play darts, or at least when I play darts, you aim for the middle. I know there's games where you hit specific spots. That's great. If I hit the middle, I, I'm just beside myself with, with you know, just bravado. I'm like, yes, hit the middle. I'm the best ever. Um, although that particular bullseye is gigantic, I realized I had to fit the word love in it. Um, but, but you aim for the middle. If you, if you hit the board... Still a pretty good shot, close to where you were aiming. But if you hit the wall, that's too far away. The Ten Commandments are the same. We know that the heart of God's law is love. So there is a fulfillment of each commandment in love, and then there is keeping it, right? And then there is you're so far away from love that you've broken it. In the case of the Ninth Commandment, to break the Ninth Commandment, that's where we're going to start, is to walk In deception. And that, of course, includes lying, but the the ninth commandment itself has in mind the very extreme form of lying. Let's look at it together. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Now, you have to understand how the ancient legal system worked, it all operated on the truthful word of a witness. Okay? Like they didn't have CSI. North Carolina, Miami, Vegas, none of those. Not even CSI New York, the original. <laughs> I think that's the original. They had none of that. They had no video recording. All they had was people who saw it. Okay, the entire legal system operated on truthful word. And so if you are going to lie in a way that is that, that destroys your neighbor's good name or gets them convicted of a crime, right, that itself is a crime, a violation of God's law. So, so lying generally, but especially lying under oath. Now, just because you don't lie under oath in a legal proceeding doesn't mean you're truthful, does it? Right? This is just saying, hey, this is the wall. Uh, other examples of walking in deception, of breaching uh, the ninth commandment is also failing to speak the truth. Leviticus 5.1 says this, if anyone sins in that he hears a public adjuration to testify, that means, hey, anyone who knows about this case, come forward. And though he is a witness, whether he has seen or come to know the matter, yet does not speak, he shall bear his iniquity. Meaning, someone who knows about a case that doesn't come forward to testify is guilty of the crime. Okay, So to fail to speak the truth is the same as uh, lying under oath, right? But not only that, listening to lies is part of walking in deception as well. Proverbs 17, four says this, a wicked person listens to deceitful lips. A liar pays attention to a destructive tongue. So in this case, walking in deception, being a liar, is that you're giving ear to slander or deception in some way, Right? That's walking in deception. Okay, so we... we ha- I just described like 90% of, of what we see in our culture. Right? This is something that's so normalized that it seems like the only rule is don't get caught. You know, that's the only the people are only guilty when, oh, I feel so bad, I made mistakes. I made the mistake of getting caught. <laughs> right? So like, for instance... Uh, the Rachel Maddow show on MSNBC. A couple of years ago, there was a lawsuit against that show. You know why? Because she she's a, she's a left-leaning pundit, but she called, uh, what's it called, One America News? That's a scare quotes news, which is a hard right news source. She called it, she said it is state-sponsored Russian propaganda. Right, so she was accusing One America News of being bought and bought and paid for by Moscow. She had no evidence of this. Okay. And so they sued her for libel. You know what her defense was? Her defense was no reasonable person thinks I'm telling the truth on my show. Saying reasonable people know that I'm lying. Okay. And the judge found in her favor. You can look this up. You can look this up. I'm not... And, and, and before you get gleeful if you're on the other politi- side of the political spectrum, Tucker Carlson did the same thing. Rudy Giuliani did the same thing with election denial. Right? He was like, only morons think <laughs> I'm telling the truth here. Everyone knows I'm lying. Right? Like, the fact that that's a legitimate defense in court is nuts. Like This is the culture that's shaping all of us, isn't it? When you may have felt pretty good when you heard that the ninth commandment just says, don't lie under oath, you're like, well, I've never done that. (laughs) right?" So I'm doing good. But then really it's talking about this whole way of life of walking in deception, right? Of of failing to speak the truth or listening to lies. And we realize we we all deceive. We all have difficulty with this. We all have a challenge with this. Most of us are going to lie to the cop on the bike, like, like the pastor did. (laughs) But if we've engaged in gossip, if we've listened to gossip, if, if, we, if we twist people's words, have you ever found yourself saying, this person basically said? You ever, you ever do that? No one basically says anything. You're basically putting words in their mouth because people only say what they said. Right? They don't basically say it. When we shift blame, Right? If you've ever had your boss at work or something like that do everything to, to make, make this things roll downhill, as they say, so that it falls on you or another underling. You've seen this. You've experienced this. And if we are to live lives of love, right? think, think about this. If you have a habit of walking in deception, what does that do to a community? If if this is a community where lots of people are engaging in slander and gossip, not that it is, but let's say, does someone who has real problems are they going to feel safe sharing vulnerably in community group? Oh, right? It's it's an incredibly unsafe place if if we are a people that's walking in deception. We could trust the truth, right? We don't need to manage our world through deception. Jesus is the truth. So, so that's the wall. What's the board? It's to walk in integrity, to, to walk in integrity. First of all, to speak the truth. Ephesians 4.25 says this, therefore, Having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Your neighbor in Bible language, that's everyone you come across. All neighbors. Those folks out there, if you meet them, they're your neighbors too. Okay. Speak the truth with his, with his neighbor, for we are members one of another. So that, that's pretty simple. Speak the truth. Like, don't fail to speak the truth. Also, listen to the truth. This is a little harder. Ecclesiastes 7.5 says this, and this is just like there's a laundry list of Bible verses that talks about being willing to hear the truth even when it's hard. It's just one. It says it is better for a man to hear the rebuke of the wise than to hear the songs of fools, meaning if a wise person is giving you a hard truth about you, it's better to listen to that than a song in your honor. There was uh. This is hard for us sometimes to, to to being willing to listen to a hard truth. There was an ancient king named Tigranes. He was the, the king of a place called Armenia, which actually still exists. Um, and uh, he was getting invaded by Pompey and the Romans. You guys have heard of Pompey, and uh, and he sent out an army to deal with Pompey. That army lost to Pompey. He is called Pompey the Great for a reason. He was good at. Killing. Anyway, a messenger comes from the battle. Tigranes, your army got smashed. Pompey's on his way. He has the messenger executed. <laughs> Don't bring me bad news. Well, guess what? There was another loss and no one brought him bad news. And there was another loss and no one brought him bad news because he wouldn't listen. Finally, the palace is shaking around his, his head, right? And he didn't have time to escape and Pompey was there. Why? He wouldn't listen to the truth. So walking in in integrity is to speak the truth. It's to hear the truth, to listen to the truth, and also to judge honestly, to judge honestly. Matthew 7, 1 through 2 says this, judge not that you be not judged. A lot of us want to stop there. Just don't judge anybody. It's it's to be avoided if you can, but this is what he says in the second verse. For with the judgment you pronounce, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Which is not don't judge, it's judge as you want to be judged. Judge fairly. Now, I'm not saying walk around being a judgmental person at all. But there are certain situations where you cannot help but judge. For instance, if you're a judge... (laughs) or if you're on a jury or if you have to decide to vote for a candidate or not vote or vote for another candidate you have to make a judgment on that person whether that's school board or president Uh, if you're gonna decide whether or not you're gonna trust a certain person you're passing judgment okay so it's to judge honestly judge as you would want to be judged if you don't want someone listening to untrue slander about you, don't listen to it about someone else, right? And pass judgment on them based on hearsay. Make sense? To walk in integrity, right? is to, to begin to be on the board, to begin walking, to, to, to be approaching love. You know, one of the, the unsung high integrity politicians we actually had that we lost a couple of years ago is John McCain, okay? Now, he had the misfortune of going up against the wildly popular Barack Obama in 2008 and losing bad. But there was a there was a moment on the campaign trail that made me respect this guy. He always had a reputation for integrity, but I don't know if you guys remember this. There was a town hall meeting in which, like, the only people supporting McCain anymore were like, you know, the the fringe folk. And so somebody got up and was like, you know, I'm scared of Obama being president. And McCain, instead of piling on right which is what most politicians would do he said you don't need to be scared he's a good man right he's a family man and this other lady with kind of crazy hair gets up they, they actually just get on saturday Night live about this and she's like he's like I, I don't i don't want obama to to be president because he's an arab and mccain's like oh how do i even start and he just you see him like he just goes he's not He's a good man. He's a family man. He even said he'd make a good president. He says, I'll be a better president. But, you know, all the pundits just said, oh, McCain's not playing to win, right? Because he was just being truthful. Because he was just speaking with integrity. He said what he actually knew to be true instead of what was politically expedient. He trusted the truth, right? He walked in integrity. When we choose not to lie. When we choose to walk in integrity, to hear the hard truth, to speak a hard truth, to judge honestly, we're trusting Jesus. We're saying, God, I'm, I'm choosing not to control this situation. I'm going to trust you with the truth. If it's going to hurt your chances of getting the job, be honest about your work experience and your qualifications, right? If it If it means confessing your sin to someone that you need to confess your sin to, you know, like I'm not looking at anybody in particular here. So don't don't start squirming on me. But if you especially if you're holding something back from a friend, a spouse, right, there's there's a a secret that you're keeping something that you're not confessing. If you think that that is going to save your relationship, it's actually going to destroy it. It's, it's only in truth that we can build relationships of trust. This does not mean speaking truth bombs, if you're that person. Well, I'm going to go online. I'm going to tell everybody what I think of them, not what I'm saying. All right? <laughs> it's also hear the truth. Hear the truth when it isn't flattering. Now, is this saying, like, all the unfair criticism that comes your way? You need to be like, oh, that's true of me. That guy who just gave me the finger in traffic. I guess I'm terrible, right? Like, no. It, it's, but we have this sort of aversion. Oh, don't listen to your haters and that sort of thing. Like, yeah, if someone hates you, don't listen to them. That's true. But, but we're, we're a little oversensitive with this in that we're not open to constructive feedback, right? That... That actually, you know, hearing a hard truth, and this is a matter of some discernment, of of when to when to say, "Hey, that's actually fair." Something I need uh, to change in. Now, there's some, but whatabouts here? Okay, must we always tell the truth? Are there any exceptions to this rule? Well, the but what abouts here is, first of all, you can you can stretch the truth, you can embellish the truth. If you're telling an entertaining story, right? If you're telling me a story about lactose intolerance, please go ahead, embellish, make it as funny as possible. That's not a breach of the ninth commandment. Now there's another uh, important caveat here is that if you need to keep confidence, those of you with HEPA guideline jobs, right? Like my wife's a therapist. She has to lie. If if I say, hey, are you counseling the so-and-sos? She cannot be like, I can neither confirm nor deny, because that's saying yes. She has to say no. Right? Like she can't, right? Well. Anyway, you don't, no, you don't need to confess right now, honey. Another, another important caveat is you do not owe the truth to those who would do evil with it. The classic example of this, of course, uh, you know, was it in, in World War II Europe when a lot, of, a lot of people, a lot of Christians, and I suppose it would have to be not – Jews couldn't hide Jews. That doesn't work. But, but Christians hiding Jews, right? Uh, if the, the Gestapo comes you know, and they're like, uh, have you any Jews here? You can't be like mm-hmm. – yeah, I'm neither going to confirm nor deny. They're like, we're searching this house. You know, that they would have to be like, no, no, you let me know if you find some, I'll help you. I'll help you round them up. I don't have anything in here, right? You, have, you, you don't owe the truth to those who would do evil with the truth. So that is on the board. So to to, to break the ninth commandment is to walk in deception. To keep it is to walk in integrity. And the bullseye to go further than integrity is to actually promote and protect your neighbor's honor. Remember, the extreme breaking of the ninth commandment is to get your neighbor condemned with a lie. Well, the, the fulfilling of this commandment in love is to promote and protect your neighbor's honor. Romans twelve ten says this, says love one another with brotherly affection, outdo one another in showing honor. Instead of someone being torn down through deception, you build them up. I'm going to show you a picture of a guy, a guy named Major General Edward King. Anyone ever heard of him? Major General Edward King. He is the answer to a trivia question. What is the largest surrender in U.S. military history? Major Edward General King. He's... He's the guy who ordered it. Now, uh, those of you who are familiar with the Battle of Bataan uh, at the beginning of the Second World War, uh, he was was in charge of the defense of Bataan. And he ordered 75,000 troops under his command to surrender to enemy forces. How's that? When you search largest... (laughs) Surrender in US history, he comes up. Why was he why did he order the surrender? A few people care to ask that question. Well, they were overrun. Japanese forces had totally overrun Bataan. He was out of food. They weren't getting supplied. They were out of ammunition. They couldn't even fight anymore. And you know, he was only recently appointed. He, he actually had someone above him, a guy you might have heard of, General Douglas MacArthur. Heard of him? Big hero, right? Well, guess what? He was in, Douglas MacArthur was in charge of Bataan. He escaped to Australia, leaving Edward King in charge. And he gave the order to defend it to the last man, meaning get all your men killed, even though you don't even have ammunition with which to fight. And Edward King decided that he was going to disobey orders and save the lives of his men and surrender. He went to the surrender by himself. No other officers came with him. You know why? He didn't want anyone else to be the answer to the question who ordered the largest surrender in U.S. history. He wanted to bear it alone. Now who wants to buy this guy a drink, right? Right? Like you talk about protecting the honor of others. That's fulfilling the ninth commandment in love. You may have been reminded that Jesus, who is the truth, took our shame and gave us his honor and glory, right? That's what it looks like to fulfill the ninth commandment in love. Now, what does that look like for us? We could lose the general, even though he's a stud. (laughs) Well, it's to protect the reputation of others. To not be the willing ears that receive gossip or slander. Right? When we do that, when we have an environment in which there isn't gossip where what someone shares in a community group or between uh, two people is going to stay there? Well, you know what you build? You build trust. You build safety. You build an environment in which people can grow, heal, and change, just as Mark was talking about earlier. Not only do we protect, but also promote. What if all the gossip at this church was just talking about the awesome people, things that other people did behind their back? like oh man did you hear about derek he's a stud i'll tell you why right if that's the content of our gossip if that's the kind of community uh, we were we face a choice between truth and lies on a daily basis see it for what it is it's a choice between trusting jesus and controlling things ourselves we can trust the truth i'll leave you with this One morning, I came down, and no one has taken credit for this yet, but in our house was a handwritten note uh, that that was laying out. We now have it on our refrigerator. I know it's hard to read. I'm going to read it for you. It is entitled, Speak the Truth. And it says, when you steal candy and you really want to lie, you have to speak the truth, even if your voice shakes. I know it is hard, but it is the right thing to do, because lying is not the truth. Amen to that sermon. When, we're attempt, when we are tempted to control, to make ourselves safe through lies to control and guide our own lives through deception. Instead, we need to remember that Jesus is the truth and we can trust the truth. Please pray with me. God, may we be people of integrity. May we be people who are concerned about the reputation and honor of our neighbor, a people who create a community of safety and trust and trustworthiness where. It's a place where it's safe to let it be known what we're actually going through. The struggles that we have, the fears, the sin. We know, God, that you are totally trustworthy. May we be a people worthy of your name. In Jesus' name, amen.